For another great edition of That Sports Show. Not just any sports show, not this sports show, That Sports Show. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York from Impact Media. This is our all sports show. Anything we didn't cover in any of the other shows we have throughout the week, we will get to here, whether that's the NFL. We'll talk a little college. We talk Falcons, NASCAR, F1, Braves, United. We talk about our picks. We talk about rugby. When it is rugby season, of course, a little bit for that. So much to get into today, but as always, if you would like to follow the show or give us a uh, drop us a question, comment, suggestion, review any of those fun things, you can email the show three endzone at gmail.com. That is the number three e n d z o n e at gmail.com. You can go anywhere you would find a podcast, such as Podcast One. Spotify, uh, the iTunes store, anywhere you find a podcast. If there's a place you regularly get a podcast you cannot find us, please let us know. We will change that and remedy that situation very, very soon, just as soon as we can. Uh, If you want to search for us on Facebook, That Sports Show, Impact Media, Jeremy York, you should be able to find us in all those places. If you just want to follow the links to the shows, just want to listen to the shows uh, through social media, then you can go to Twitter at Team Impact Media. We'll find that at The Impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. That's quite a mouthful, by the way. It's how you find uh, not only all the show links that I post, but also the uh, other random things I get myself into each and every week including fun people I run into and other things. Now, let's start the show. Let's talk about some NFL action. Some NFL, well, some NFL things first. First things first. Let's talk about the Tua Tagovailoa situation. And that is last Sunday. Tua took a shot where his uh, he got uh, he got took into the ground. There wasn't anything wrong with the hit, but his neck and head smashed back, and uh, he he took a pretty good shot right before the halftime of that Sunday game. Uh, I'm I'm no doctor. Looked like he had symptoms of a concussion. I don't know the protocol or the things done there. I'll get into that in a second, but. It seemed to me he was a little woozy because he got up, he stumbled, he got up, he stumbled, he got up, he stumbled a third time. By then, two of his linemen grabbed him, and the medical personnel were sprinting to him, and they helped him to the locker room because it was right before half. And uh, he, at some point, came back into the game in the third quarter, and um, people were thinking, no harm, no foul. Well, I'll tell you right now, that angered me. It angered me a lot. It it made it to where somebody uh, 
I very much cross paths with every day. Um, I think it's got a little heat between us. We're since good now. He's, he's a big Miami fan. And I, and I just explained to him, even once we both calmed down, I said, look, win, lose, or draw, it's about the safety of the people involved, whether that's the crowd, whether that is uh, the coaches, the players, the owners, whoever. And in that situation, I do not believe Tua should have been back in the game. That is just my particular opinion. But it is what it is, right? Well, there was a quick turnaround on Thursday. Miami played the Cincinnati Bengals. Miami being one of the few undefeated teams at the time. A little foreshadowing there. And they played against Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Didn't uh, didn't have much of an issue there. Except except that he took another shot and had to be stretchered off the field, went to a local medical facility, aka hospital guys. Shortly thereafter, he has since been released and and actually traveled back with the team. But in my opinion, and the opinion of somebody that is a way, way more of an expert in this field than me, he should not have been on the field Thursday. Chris Nowinski, go look him up. He is a concussion expert, and that may be insulting him to call him that. He has a PhD as well. Former Ivy League football player, former WWE superstar, concussions ended his wrestling career. And from then on, to understand what was happening to him, he dove into the topic and is one of the foremost experts in sports concussions and concussions in general. That's where I get a lot of my knowledge. This guy knows what he's talking about. I would say about two to three hours before kickoff on Thursday. I'm going to quote a tweet that he put on social media. Now, he quote tweeted, and what he quote tweeted was a post from the NFL that says, Tua, Joe, Miami over Cincinnati is on Westwood One Sports pregame at 7.30. Shows a picture of those. They're trying to promote the matchup. See what they did. But Chris Nowinski said, if Tua takes the field tonight, it's a massive step back for concussion care in the NFL. If he has a second concussion that destroys his season or career, Everyone involved will be sued and should lose their jobs, coaches included. We all saw it. Even they must know this isn't right. That's exactly what I said. Well, I paraphrased, but it's exactly what I said. He has no business playing on Thursday. And they put him out there anyway because, oh, they're undefeated. And, oh, they need the, uh, they need the, uh, they need him in there. Do they? because we're trying to win games and make money for other people. That's, that's why we have him in the game. It, it doesn't matter if, uh, what, what if, uh, you know, luckily he was, he was cleared of, or he was cleared enough to be able to travel back with the team. If you have a concussion, you're not flying anywhere. Most of the time that means car trips. So he must not have gotten a second one, but you could have done further damage from the first one. So in order to make billionaires, more millions and billions of dollars, and, and so that the NFL organization can make more 
millions of dollars, it's perfectly okay to put somebody who is not fit enough to be in a game in a game because it's all about ratings and money. That's 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 my argument here. So it's perfectly okay that if um, later on in life uh, Tua is is confined to uh, we won't go wheelchair but a recliner couch has a lot of his meals through straws because um, his motor skills of chewing are, are not where they should be. Uh, the, I, and I hope none of this happens, but these are the kind of things that can happen when you start bruising your brain and the neurological things going on there. This is why I'm I'm constantly on top of people. It's bad if you break your leg. It's bad if you break your, your arm or even your neck. Your neck is terrible place. as well. They're all bad. When you bruise your brain, if you don't let it properly heal, all of that can go away. There's all kinds of things. Paralysis. There's, there's so many bad, worst-case scenarios. And that's why I jump on a soapbox. I jump on the Eiffel Tower, the, the, the Sears Tower, the tallest thing. I jump on the moon and tell people this. Tua Tagovailoa should not have been in that game. And it is, a, it is you know, I'm censoring myself here, but it is a dang shame that his organization, his coaches, the medical staff, and the league he makes so much money for, puts in the pockets of, did not do a better job of looking out for his well-being. That's a shame. That's a shame, guys. We'll see how it shakes out. I would be willing to bet he does not play next weekend. If they were going to be on the safe side, they should not. And there was a repercussion because as of, I believe I heard this morning, the medical professional who was in charge. Now, here's how it is. Here's how the NFL uh, takes the blame out of out of their court, which is garbage, by the way. The way that they take it out is they have people not affiliated with the NFL who are their medical examiners, especially concussion-related. And they say, oh, well, it's their job to do this, and we have no uh, say in that. By the way, that's horse crap. Because you can't tell me that in certain situations, I don't know that it happened in this one, but I'm just throwing this theory out. You cannot tell me that at some point, some team, some owner, some organization, the NFL, anybody, the player, the player's going to tell you he's fine anyway, because players lie because they want to keep playing. That's what they do. You can't tell me that at some point there wasn't some offer made to a medical professional. You can't tell me it's never happened before because we all know it has. You cannot tell me that some offer may not have been made at some point. Hey, if uh, if uh, he, he checks out okay, then um, uh, here's what's in it for you. I don't know that it happened in this situation. But I tell you the way they're trying to cover it up. The unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant, that is what they are actually called. And the NFL Players Association has ex- exercised its, its um, ability to do this. And they have terminated the unaffiliated, unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant. It was involved in the Tua Tagovailoa situation. Citing many mistakes or a couple mistakes made in the evaluation of him prior to the first game 
that tells you something. First of all, good decision. Second of all, this is the NFL covering it up because now they think everybody will just uh, wash their hands of it and move on. No, this, this needs to be full investigated. We need every involved party that made these decisions to have some sort of repercussion because we are seriously talking about the livelihood, not the ability to play football. The ability to function as a human being is what is being called into question here. And Tua, maybe I'm the only one, me and Chris Nowinski and, and a handful of other people that are that are looking out for your well-being, but so be it. So that's kind of my two cents on that. We're going to hear more as the week plays out, and I will absolutely update you guys later in the week on the next episode of this very show about those. But I'm serious about concussions. I People that tell me they may have had them in the past, I, I implore them, encourage them to keep up with their health now. And if anything doesn't seem right, seek a medical professional. And, and have that looked at because things you did years and years ago catch up to you later. And I want all of us to make it to the end, you know? I want all of us to make it and have great, healthy, happy lives. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But there is my soapbox moment. Uh, hopefully I didn't lose too many of you guys in that. Um, I, but... I feel like my audience are, are very educated. They're smart as well. You guys are all fantastic humans. And, and you guys see where I'm coming from on this. And if you don't, hey, drop us a, a message. Tell me tell me I'm dead wrong. Tell me how I'm too caught up in it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. However you feel about it, drop us a line. Let me know. Let me absolutely know. Because, you know, I want to talk about things you guys want to talk about. But I'm also going to talk about those things that need to be talked about. Um... Otherwise, in week number three of the NFL, because there were there were some other things. There were some good games, you know? There were some good games. Let me see if I can get them pull them up, because at this moment, it's just being crazy. Let's see. Get them... There we go. All right. Uh, Browns with the big win on Thursday over the Steelers. We're going to talk about the Browns a little later. Um, Bears edge out the Texans. Nice win. The Bears are now 2-1, and one, which is uh, baffling to me. Uh, the Titans edge the Raiders, put the Raiders at 0-3. The Titans put together some pretty good stuff there at the end. Look at old Matty Ice picks up the win, the, the come-from-behind win. Over the Chiefs, puts the Colts in the winner circle. Dolphins-Bills, we talked about with Tua. Uh, Dolphins with the win. They were able to edge the Bills. Good for them. The Dolphins are a really good team. And I get you haven't been good in a while, but it's safety, guys. Safety. That's that's what we're talking about. Uh, the Vikings with a big win over the Lions, although the Lions are right there, guys. You, you, you guys can say what you want about Dan Campbell. Uh, he's, he's trying to get a bunch of ankle biters. and yeah, But, hey. He's got those guys ready to play. He's got Jared Goff on the cusp of getting a few more wins on his career. It's uh, We're going to talk about the Lions a little later. Ravens over the Patriots in a game that I did not think that 63 points would be scored. 
Um, if you tell me 37 over the Ravens, that makes sense. 26 of them by the Patriots, I don't know, because Mac Jones went down with an injury. It looks like it's the Brian Hoyer show this week. We will see what they do um, moving forward. Bengals edge the Jets. Eagles over the Commanders. Eagles are just really good. They're the only undefeated team at the moment. They could be undefeated for a little while. They are one of the most complete teams in this league and are so much fun. And I say that as a Cowboys fan. Panthers over the Saints in a game that makes total sense. The Saints are just imploding, guys. They're uh, It's not even salary cap this time. It's uh, just not sure what it is. But the Saints are better on paper than they look on the field. Uh, Jaguars with a massive win that we will talk about a little bit later on as well. Over the Chargers, 38-10. to 10, That is in L.A. The Rams over the Cardinals in a close battle. And it turns out Kyler Murray uh, probably does need to study his playbook a little bit. Falcons edge the Seahawks 27-23. That was a fun game. That is in Seattle. We're going to talk about that game just in a couple seconds. Packers over the Buccaneers on Sunday night football, 14-12. Not the score we thought, but the result we thought. The Packers have their act together. And Buccaneers have tons of injuries, and as good as Brady is, he, he can't carry the entire team at all times. Or that was the late 4 o'clock. Uh, Broncos over the 49ers, 11-10. Yeah, tells you all you need to know. They combined for 21 points. Yeah, and, and Russ wasn't cooking. He he was lucky to have a he was lucky to have a hot plate at this point. And then on Monday night, the Fighting Cooper rushes from Dallas, otherwise known as the Cowboys, find a way to beat the New York Football Giants and hand them their first loss. Yeah, Let's see if you can process that. Let's see if you can process that one. I told you guys, let's start with the Falcons against the Seahawks. In the first quarter, Seattle had a good drive. They end up with the field goal in the red zone. They go up three to nothing. Atlanta gets a long drive. Uh, Mariota ends up looking really good. The Mariota challenge. They get the touchdown. They go up seven to three about midway through. Seattle was very run-heavy. Rashad Penny was doing a lot of good stuff early. Will Disley gets the touchdown. They go up 10-7 with about four minutes to go in the first. Atlanta gets a long drive. And uh, Senshu Ku ends up with, or Longho Ku, rather, ends up with the field goal with seven seconds to go in the first to tie it up 10-10. We go to the second quarter where Seattle starts their drive and it stalls out. They end up punting. Atlanta's Patterson. Corderell Patterson gets a fun touchdown, makes it 17 to 10. Falcons about halfway through. Geno finds DK Metcalf as Geno Smith for the touchdown, ties it up 17-17. This has been a fun game. It's a great game to watch, by the way, if you want to go back and watch it. Um, Atlanta ends up punting with about three minutes to go in the half. Seattle uh, looks like Tyler Lockett gets hurt, and that did affect the game a little bit. Uh, good thing is, is his replacement at the time, was Penny Hart, former Georgia State Panther and a super all-around guy. They settle for the field goal. They are 20-17 to 17 over Atlanta. Atlanta throws an interception. And uh, we'll go to halftime with our Falcons down three. In the third quarter, 
the Seattle defense was pressing after a long, sustainable drive uh, near the red zone. Ended up with the field goal to tie it up 20-20. to 20. It was a 54-yard field goal, by the way. Um, Seattle's Ken or Kenneth Walker or Kenny or whatever he wants to go by, fantastic runner out of Michigan State. He starts really getting loose. Uh, they don't capitalize on it too much, though. They get the field goal from the red zone. It's 23-20. to 20. Seattle. Atlanta gets a big run from Cordell Patterson at the uh, start. Drake London gets the touchdown 23 or 27 to 23 late, uh, late in the third start in the fourth quarter. Seattle ends up punting a little uh, about, a, about a third of the way into the quarter. There was a security timeout with about seven minutes to go as there was a drone that was flown over by that's, that's a, that's a new thing. And apparently it happened quite a bit this weekend. Um, a lot of times it's the team's videographers that are doing that, but, uh, we, we got to figure out a better way. We can't have drones flying overhead of, of, uh, sports contests. That's, that's a security issue for sure. Uh, there was a snap fumble. Seattle recovers. Seattle goes for, uh, fourth and 18. Uh, and it ends up leading to an interception on the five-yard line. Ultimately, that means that uh, victory formation for Atlanta. They win 27-24. to 24. That was a fantastic game. Also, they will play the Cleveland Browns this weekend. Atlanta Falcons will. Here's how the Falcons are going to win. They're going to... Um, Air it out early because I'm not afraid of the pass rush. Both the JV and Clowney and Miles Garrett are not going to play this weekend. Clowney could. There's a very outside chance. But Miles Garrett, who had that one car crash earlier in the week, is not going to play. Probably the best decision. Once again, we're talking about the well-being of people here. These are human beings. So Cleveland, good call that he can't go. Um, so I'm not afraid of their pass rush. I think we air it out early. We find Drake London. We get Pitts involved early. There's, there's been that disconnect there. And in doing that, when their defensive backs and linebackers start to take a few steps backwards to watch for the, to watch for the, uh, big pass plays, that's when Patterson and all guy or Algier, I think it's Algier is how you say it. That's when those guys are going to get loose and terrorize the Cleveland Browns on the ground. So we're going to air it out early. That's going to open up our run game. Number two, we are going to pressure. They're going to pressure them up front, make their quarterback make a lot of bad choices early, really pressure him into making decisions faster than he really wants to. And in turn, that is going to lead to a lot of uh, turnovers. Preferably, that is going to be, preferably that is turnovers uh, and interceptions, I believe, is going to be the big thing. There might be a couple fumbles. We'll see here and there. But uh, got to pressure their quarterback. And I know you guys are going to ask their quarterback is to Kobe Brissett. Didn't feel like I needed to mention it, but I'll mention it because a lot of you guys will be after me for that, and that is no problem. 
but we're going to pressure him. We're not going to let him try to get Chubb or or uh, Kareem Hunt going. We're, we're not going to let him do that. Chubb has had a fantastic day, but we're not going to let him get going. Um, and we're going to make him make such – we're going to make Brissett make such fast decisions that he's not going to be able to find outstanding receiver Amari Cooper. Good for Amari. They miss him in Dallas. They do. It's, it's business. Um, or People's Jones or David Njoku do not need to get them involved. Need to get need to just stand on it. So, so far, we're going to air it out on offense, which can open up our run game because I'm not afraid of the pass rush with their two pa- main pass rushers out. We're going to make Jacoby Brissett make faster decisions than he wants to, which is going to lead to turnovers, interceptions, things like that. And number three, we're going to win the special teams battle. We're going to hit the field goals. We're going to hit the extra points. Our kickoffs are going to stay in bounds, and we're not going to make coverage decisions that lead to um, great field position for the Browns. You do all those things, I think Atlanta gets their second victory of the year. And it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. Number two, win number two. How amazing is that? Um, let's get into the Braves. The Braves, they pull even with the Mets. They are, uh, after last night's win, they are playing tonight and tomorrow night. They play each other. Kyle Wright is going tonight. I think Max Scherzer as well. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic game, fantastic series. These two are so evenly matched, and they are probably the two best teams in baseball. And whoever they do face in the first round of the playoffs, they are going to wreck some seasons for sure. Um, you guys know all the big players. You know all the – we go through stats and all that. But what this ultimately is going to come down to is can you win three of the next five games? And whether the Mets or the Braves do that, that is ultimately going to be who wins the division. And it's important for both of them to do that. The Braves want to continue to show their dominance. And the Mets want to show everybody that they are on the peak of their run. They're the crest of the wave of what they want to do for the next five, six, seven years or better. But what a, and also a couple of baseball notes. Let me just throw these out there. Congratulations to Albert Pujols on home runs number 699, 700, and I believe he hit 701 right after that as well. And also, what is also great for baseball is that Aaron Judge has 61 home runs. He is so close to 62, which would be the American League record. We can get into debates on if it's the baseball record at another date. But things that are fantastic for baseball, Pujols crossing 71, Aaron Judge crossing 61, or 701 uh, for Pujols, be the 700 club. And Judge having the 62, if he can get 62, that would be fantastic. And the Mets-Braves, which is the only race really left, the Mets-Braves race, and it's been a race since day one. That's the kind of things that get baseball fans back in it. That's the kind of things that make new fans go out of the park, enjoy a game. Such a fantastic time. Such a fun watch as well. Uh, we're going to take a short break where we're going to hear from hear about our friends at betonline.net. And when we come back, we will finish up with uh, some NASCAR, some F1, some Atlanta United, and, of course, the infamous picks. But we'll be right back after this message from betonline.net. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York. 
from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back. Make sure to visit our friends at BetOnline.net. They have the articles. They have the betting line, the wagering. They have tips. They have podcasts. They have all this research and all this work that they do so that you don't have to. Make sure to go visit our friends at BetOnline.net. They are doing some fantastic things. Let's talk some NASCAR. NASCAR, of course, was in Texas last week. A little bit about a little bit about the race. There were tons and tons of crashes. Let's just start with let's just start with uh, stage one. Uh, the number nineteen crashes about fifty about lap fifty. And uh, Kyle Busch of the 18, he crashes about, no, that was about lap 50. Uh, so two early crashes, uh, that pretty much, it, it's just kind of how Kyle says yeah, yeah, his year has been. When he joins Richard Childress next year, hopefully for some better results, but a lot of his results are not because of his team or the make of his car. It's probably these crappy NASCAR parts that uh, we continue to hear about. Um, Elliot, Chase Elliott has not had a, a great year as well. He had a little bit of smoke in the, uh, the cab. It was in the car. And uh, so he had to come in. It kind of did a lot of things for his day. We had an, uh, another incident that involved the number 20 and the number 41. And uh, I will get into who these people are in a minute, some of these people for you guys, because um, I know you guys are going to ask. But uh, it was about 27 to go. Uh, well, about 8 to go. The number 48 car ends up in the wall. It just, it was just the way things were going. It was just, uh, just, uh, just a crazy overall day. There we go. There we go. Got the list back up. There we go. So let's start. Uh, that was Martin Truex, number 19, who crashed early. Of course, the 18 is Kyle Busch, as I said. Then the number 47, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., about lap 56, told you about Chase Elliott. Then we had Cole Custer and Christopher Bell, who was in in the uh, chase, uh, got into it a little bit with 27 to go. And then, like I said, the 
the 48 car of Alex Bowman uh, ends up in the wall with eight to go. Stage one ends up uh, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Daniel Suarez, and Ross Chastain. Gotta look out for those track house guys. They have been having uh, some pretty good runs. We go to stage two. That starts on lap 112. We get a, uh, a crash from the number eight Tyler Reddick on lap 116, which is uh, 12 out of the 105 they're going to run. The number 20 of Christopher Bell decides to spin again on lap 137. Uh, Bell was out as of lap 151. Cody Ware of the 51 car had a crash on 169, which was lap, uh, lap 64 of 105 of this stage. The 45 of Bubba Wallace, who had such a great run last week. Uh, in fact, a win last week. Uh, he was slow on lap 182 with 29 to go in the second. We get the nine car of Chase Elliott was into the wall. It was his right front at slap 185 with 26 to go. The number 17 of Chris Busher, who won a couple weeks ago, he spun out in 197 with 14 to go. Finally, your stage two winner, Ryan Blaney, followed by Ross Chastain, William Byron, Brad Keselowski, and Daniel Suarez. Yep, Chastain and Suarez. There's those track house guys. Got to watch out for those guys, right? They had actor Manny Ramirez from Top Gun Maverick. No, not the baseball player. You got the star of Top Gun Maverick. He was um, he was down there to do some publicity for the movie and all, and uh, looks like a really good movie. I haven't seen it. Hopefully you guys have. Rain caused a, uh, the restart to be a little later than usual, but hey, NASCAR this year, they're notorious for being late and never being on time, and it's just part of it. Plus, it changed the track. And it changed the track from being so hot and so heated that the rain and the time of not having rubber on it cooled it down quite a bit. They finally restart on lap 224 of 334 with 111 to go. Soon thereafter, Chris Busher of the 17 spins again because of a uh, tire that went down. He went into the wall. Uh, they had 90 to go at that point. And... I feel so bad for Kevin Harvick because, uh, once again, his car blows a tire. He goes into the wall with 81 to go. It's just kind of been the way his season's been. It's uh, just crazy. Just just crazy. You, you feel Kevin Harvick's one of the best racers in NASCAR by far, and just it's part failure after part failure after part failure. You know, is what it is. Tires are going to break down on their own. Part failure is going to happen. He's just had way too many of them. It's ridiculous. Number 19 of Martin Truex, his tire goes down, he hits the wall, and uh, he was uh, the leader, actually, when it happened, with 65 to go. That's that's just how his, his year's been, too, just the worst luck he could ever have. Then we go to Austin Cindric in the two-car. He spins out with 34 to go. 
followed soon thereafter by Eric Almarola in the number 10. 29 to go at that point. Uh, and then finally, who wins the race? Tyler Reddick wins the race, who will be with 23-11, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan's team, in 2023. And Kyle Busch will be in the number eight car for, for them in 2023. We're waiting to see if, if RCR is going to run three cars, with Austin Dillon being the third. Actually, be the first, but, you know, one of the other three. Or if uh, it looks like Tyler Reddick could... Um, Well, it looks like Tyler Reddick is going to be in the 2311 as of 2023 next year when he was edged out by Kyle taking over the second spot at RCR. So I, I guess that's the decision that they've actually come up with. But where does that leave? Where does that leave us now? Well, what that does. After Texas, we have Joey Logano in first. These are the playoff standings. Ross Chastain in second. William Byron third. Kyle Larson fourth. Ryan Blaney fifth. Danny Hamlin sixth. Daniel Suarez seventh. Chase Elliott eighth. And the ninth through twelfth, these are the four who would be out if it ended right now. Chase Briscoe, Austin Sendrick, Christopher Bell, and Alex Bowman. We will see what happens because where are they at this week? Talladega. Talladega is one of the most chaotic random tracks you can have. Chaos happens all the time. The underlying theme of it is to stay out of the big one. There's usually one or two massive wrecks that involve, you know, a third of the field. You want to avoid those and uh, just try to outlast everybody else. That's pretty much what you do at Talladega. You you team up and try to get a push when you can, and you stay out of trouble. That being said, my picks for this weekend are Denny Hamlin, who is on the pole, or Kevin Harvick, who I think uh, when he puts it together, he's one of the best. And uh, just I think that's it's going to be there. Um, I've also heard maybe William Byron or Brad Keselowski. Those were made by uh, uh, a guest picker. I won't say his name on here. He really want his name on here. I'm being anonymous, but uh, we'll see how that works. For the most part, pick a bunch of random people, and by the time you pick your fourth or fifth most random person, that's probably who's going to win. Because yes, there's a lot of skill in what they do. But if the if you get encompassed in the big one, then it is what it is. But uh, NASCAR, I believe, is at two or three p.m. tomorrow. That's Eastern time on NBC. I think the rest of their schedule is on NBC. Should be a lot of fun. I'll be watching. I know you guys will be watching as well. Uh, but there's your NASCAR update. Let's get into Formula One. Formula One, we all know Max Verstappen has practically he has practically locked everything up. 
to this point. Um, they are in Singapore this week. The defending champion is actually Seb, otherwise known as Sebastian Vettel. That I believe this is his last year in F1. I believe he is hanging it up, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he is looking forward to another great showing here. He loves the Singapore course. We will see how things go from there. That race is at, I believe, 9 a.m. Do we have that? Oh, here it is here. 8 a.m. on ESPN2 here in the States. Uh, you guys know all the other places you can go to watch it around the world. Um, my pick this week, my picks to win, I actually say look out for Charles Leclerc and, uh, also look out for maybe Fernando Alonso or Lando Norris. Those would be people I would watch out for. Verstappen could just go in there and dominate like he typically does, but I feel like somebody different is going to win at Singapore and, uh, I would, I would look for, uh, uh, Leclerc, you know, like I said, Alonzo, Lando Norris, somebody maybe from the middle to come up and take this. Now, now Leclerc is is the number two driver this year, so, you know, he's not coming from the middle. But those other guys, I think it's going to be fantastic. I can't look – I can't say more about that race than that. And uh, the circuit is, uh, is is pretty cool. It's It's a pretty – Interesting little track. It is, it kind of, I mean, there are 61 laps. And there are 23 uh, total turns. And uh, there's a lot of information. Just go look up the track. It's, it's pretty cool, pretty by the book track. A lot of fun little turns here and there. We will. Um, we can't wait to see a, a pretty fantastic race in general. And like I said, um, I think somebody other than Verstappen is going to potentially win this one. Let's talk Atlanta United. Atlanta United played played last night against the New England Revolution. They played up in New England. And it uh, didn't go our way. Lost that one two to one. That all but puts us out of the playoffs now. Joseph Martinez did score a goal in the 81st minute, but in the 85th, Gustavo Bu put in the second for them after uh, Giacomo Viriani had the penalty shot in the 32nd. Like I said, that pretty much eliminates us from playoff contention with uh, one game to go, which will be this Sunday. It's coming up Sunday, next Sunday, not, not this Sunday, next Sunday, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN Plus, where we host New York City Football Club. And uh, it's been an up and down year. It's been a, a weird, a weird year. Next next week we'll talk a little more about some some of the storylines and some of the odd things that could or could not happen. We know the coach will be back, and uh, there's a couple of players that may or may not be re-signed. Uh, there's one in particular that I think we're all curious about, and um, we'll talk more about that next week. But either way, 
thanks United for a just a, a fantastic season. We still got one more game to go. We'll all be cheering feverly and uh, go ATL. Now let's get into my picks from last week. My picks from last week. We're going to start with college. I told you to take number five Clemson. Or no, I told you to take number 21 Wake Forest over number five Clemson. Yeah, I kind of messed that one up. Oh, and one. Told you to take number 11 Tennessee over number 20 Florida. 38 to 33. Tennessee wins that one. We're one and one. Told you to take Texas A&M number 23 over number 10 Arkansas. 23-21. I will take it. Told you guys to take Wyoming over number 19, BYU. And, of course, BYU made me look bad on that one, 38-24. So we're at 2-2. Two and two. And, finally, I told you to take San Jose State over Western Michigan. San Jose State, 34, Western Michigan, 6. We finished 3-2. and two. Aren't we spectacular? This week, to, uh, I'm saying take number two Bama over number 20 to Arkansas. That is a 3:30 CBS game. Uh, take number 16 Baylor at home over number nine Oklahoma State. 3:30 Fox on that one. Take number 22 Wake Forest over number 23 Florida State. 3:30 ABC. 3:30 game. So the one or the 12 o'clock and the 3:30 have some fun games before it gets uh, to the interesting ones later on. Uh, take number 10 NC State over number 5 Clemson that's 730 ABC that's going to be a fun matchup I just NC State the Wolfpack I think they're going to have a game for Clemson and, they, and they're going to drop them a minute and then finally in the late game take New Mexico State at home over Florida International now let's talk about my pro picks Hopefully I did you guys well. Hopefully you guys were listening because I told you to take Minnesota at home over Detroit, 28-24, one to nothing. Told you to take Carolina over New Orleans, 22-14. That's victory number two. Told you to take Jacksonville on the road over the LA Chargers, 38-10. That was a blowout. That was fantastic. Trevor Lawrence looked good. Three wins so far. Told you to take Atlanta on the road over Seattle. That's a tough place to go play, but the 12s were loud. Atlanta scored more points, 27 to 23, four wins. Could I go five and zero? Oh? I sure did, because I told you to take Green Bay over Tampa Bay, and ended up being 14 to 12, five and zero oh on the week. Can I repeat? We're gonna try. Early Sunday morning, that is a 9:30 kickoff because they're playing in Tottenham Stadium over in London. Take Minnesota as the road team over New Orleans. I told you New Orleans is imploding. I don't like where they're at as a team right now. Uh, 1 o'clock on Fox. Take Detroit Lions over Seattle. They're at home. 1 o'clock on CBS. Take Baltimore over Buffalo. That's going to be really close. We're talking like 31-30, 30-27, 27-24, something like that. I think Baltimore gives Buffalo their second loss. And Lamar Jackson shows out again, 1 p.m. on CBS, like I said. 
the 425 CBS game, the Las Vegas Raiders are going to get their first win as they welcome in the Denver Broncos. And lastly, on Sunday night football on NBC, 820 Eastern start, take the Kansas City Chiefs on the road over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Minnesota on the road over New Orleans, Detroit at home over Seattle, Baltimore at home over Buffalo, Las Vegas at home over Denver, and KC on the road over Tampa Bay. That is all the stuff I have for you this week. Thanks for tuning in to another great edition of That Sports Show. I am Jeremy the Impact York. Make sure to go watch and go support and go support. That's the word. Go support the local community and, of course, your favorite teams. But until then, we'll catch you next week. Deuces, gooses.